from the Tao Te Ching number 54. Whoever is planted in the Tao will not be rooted up. Whoever embraces the Tao will not slip away. Her name will be held in honor from generation to generation. Let the Tao be present in your life and you will become genuine. Let it be present in your family and your family will flourish. Let it be present in your country and your country will be an example to all countries in the world. Let it be present in the universe and the universe will sing. How do I know this is true? By looking inside myself. Thank you, Andy. Well, although we had a reading there from the Tao Te Ching, I'm actually speaking uh, on a series on the Lord's Prayer, and I'll come back to that as to how that works into it. This is the ninth uh, um, I've been doing in a, in a series on the Lord's Prayer. If you want to catch up the other ones, they, you can download the podcasts. Um, the last one is next week, but this is the, the ninth one. And the idea, really, that I've been talking about is of the Lord's Prayer not just simply being something that you mumble in a service or that you mumble when you're sort of upset or, or frightened or whatever it is. But the idea that the Lord's Prayer is in fact a combination lock, that when you say each of those phrases, it opens something in ourselves and it opens up to eventually that experience of eternal life. I put that little, little uh, image on the front of the uh, service sheet of that sort of portal type thing, because it's from the film Stargate uh, that stars Ken Russell of this parish. And uh, in that film, they had to find hieroglyphs. And when they got each of the hieroglyphs and fitted them all together, the portal opened. That's good noise, the portal opening. The portal opens. And suddenly they're thrown into another dimension. And the idea really is that the Lord's Prayer is in fact a series of affirmations that when you speak them or when you have them in your heart, it opens an aspect of yourself that enables you finally to enter into that experience of eternal life, which we'll be talking about next week. And I'll just do a quick recap, as I said before, previously on. Um, The idea is this, and and it's a slightly different version. It was given to me by someone called John Pettiville many years ago, and I put it on your service sheet so you can see the version that I'm using. And the way that it works is like this. The combination is this. Father of us, that is the acknowledgement that there is another, that that, there's something bigger than ourselves. It's a big deal to say that, because it means it's not just us but there's something bigger. Father of us, the one who is in the heavens. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that says, Father of us, the one who is in the heavens, the one who is within us all. So there is a a positioning of that divine nature within us all. So Father of us, the one who is in the heavens, hallowed be your nature. Worship or bowing down is the only thing that we can do to that divine nature. It puts us in that place of humility, which is a key thing. Father of us, the one who is in the heavens, hallowed be nature. May your kingdom come. May the whole of this evolution and creation be resolved in a divine way. May your will be done as in heaven, so on earth. 
May your will be done. May I give up to that divine nature. May I give up to the purposes of that rather than my own little mind all the time. Cancel our debts as we cancel the accounts of those indebted towards us. And may I forgive those who are around me and may I forgive myself as well. Um, I missed a line there, which was, uh, give us today our bread from above that gives a whole life meaning. May I understand what this is all about. May I have a, a sense of how to be, not necessarily an intellectual understanding, but may I understand how to be. Then uh, cancel our debts as we cancel the accounts that are towards us. Let us not be led into temptation. Let me not fiddle around with my life to try and make it work the way I want it to go. Uh, but let us not be led into temptation, but rescue us from evil. But, but may I not be at the effect of, of other people in their lives trying to fiddle around with their lives, and may I not be at the effect of that. And then what we're going to talk about today, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. So each of those affirmations, as you say them, opens up a different part of our hearts and puts us in exactly the right place to experience enlightenment, to experience connection, And I'm suggesting that the Lord's Prayer is this combination lock. And today we're going to look at the part that's actually called the doxology. The doxology or the liturgical formula for the praise of God. That's what a doxology is. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours. And funny enough, if you look in the Bible, the doxology is not contained in either the Luke version or the Matthew version. You know, when you, when you have the Lord's Prayer, it, it ends with, uh, but let us not be led into temptation, but rescue us from evil. It doesn't have that last bit. Um, and it started to appear in manuscripts about 300 AD. That's the sort of time it appeared. And it's become a part of it. And I think it does fit nicely into a combination lock that sort of opens us up into that gate of eternal life. Because having gone through the various stages of acknowledging the divine, giving up to it, asking to be part of that, forgiving everyone and eschewing evil, we now acknowledge that in reality, everything comes from that divine being. All bounty, like the cornucopia, the horn of plenty, all things come from that ground of being. For the kingdom, everything there is. The power, everything that makes everything happen. And the glory, worldly honor, renown and splendor. All of this comes from that divine nature. And that includes everything in our lives, our thoughts, our feelings, the circumstances of our lives, our provision and the honor due to it all. We point to that giver at the center of all creation that's the center of us that's, not at, that's outside us and around us and within us. That, that is where everything comes from. And it gives you a sense that our little minds and our little thoughts are absolutely nothing compared to that hugeness of the provision. And you know, I think it seems quite right to be discussing this and celebrating that on the traditional Sunday, this Sunday is traditional, the Sunday for Harvest Festival. It's Michaelmas this Sunday. The Feast of All Angels is celebrated on the 29th of September every year and it falls near the equinox, the day associated with the beginning of autumn and the shortening of days. You just have to look out onto the fields and the trees just to see that. 
It used to be said that harvest had to be completed by Michaelmas, almost like marking the end of the productive season and the beginning of a new cycle of farming. And it's where we give thanks for that plenty that we do receive. This is the Sunday to do that. So the doxology, the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours. It's really a statement of gratitude. There's a lovely quote that says that gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but it's also the parent of all virtues. Gratitude is the parent of all virtues. And I think that's true. It's often said that if you don't know what to say to God, just say thank you. If you don't know what to say, just say thank you. Because it puts us in exactly the right place in relationship to both life and our relationship to everything else. But our days tend to be fixed and filled with wants and needs rather than praise and thank yous. Our mind tends to be fixed on what's next rather than what's right in front of us. And, you know, real thanksgiving starts in the present moment. It's the greatest gift we have. Everything else, apart from the present moment, is just what we think about things. But the present moment is the real thing. This is what's happening. Whether you like it or not, this is what's happening. Whatever's going on in your mind, is not, this is what's happening. In fact, it's the only thing that's real. It is the gateway. You know, gratitude is the gateway to that. It's the gateway to the present moment. Without gratitude, we just dismiss the present moment as being nothing. You know, what's so great about now? I wish it was over. I have a cup of coffee. It's just what it is. You know, it's boring. It's just a stepping stone to what's going to happen next. Without gratitude, that's what the present moment is. And yet, when gratitude for the present moment appears, when we give thanks for it, then it's a whole new thing. Then we're born again into it. It opens up into being. It opens up into everything. It contains the present moment, all that is and all that's to come. And without access to that present moment, we're all just living in an idealized, fabricated reality. An idealized, fabricated, the best we can come up with as to what's going on. Without that appreciation for the present moment, your life becomes a film that you just observe. You look at it, but there's no real connection. You know, you can't quite put your finger on why you feel that disconnection. Somehow, I don't know if you have that feeling, your life seems to be passing you by. Suddenly you're 30 and 40 and 50, suddenly 40 years of marriage has gone by. The hours, the days, the years, they just, you know, keep going by. I think there's lovely lines from uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Tired of lying in the sunshine, staying at home to watch the rain. You are long, you are young and life is long. And there's time to kill today. And then one day you find 10 years have got behind you. No one told you where to run. You missed the starting gun. Every year is getting shorter. Never seems to find the time. Plans that either come to naught or half a page of scribbled lines. This is what I like. Hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way. 
the time is gone, the song is over. Thought I'd something more to say. It just sort of is going through it. That feeling of your life passing you by and you're not quite sure why. Well, the reason is that you're not entering through that gate of gratitude into the present moment. You're living for what might come next. It's all in your head like a film. And you can break that fourth wall in the film. You can break the fourth wall anytime you want, simply by honoring the present moment with gratitude. The moment you do, you enter into a different dimension. Your gratitude and thankfulness break down the wall between you and your life. And suddenly, you're there in four dimensions, thankful to God for being alive, feeling the beating of your heart, the breath in your lungs, feeling the air in your skin, on your skin, and then the sight of what's right in front of you, the sound, the smell, the taste in your mouth. You enter the sacrament of the present moment. You enter the sacrament of the present moment and suddenly you're alive in a new way. Not in your head, but in your consciousness. And time is endless because this is what it means to live the gift of eternal life. In the now. Sacrament. And when you say the word sacrament, you think of Holy Communion, the sacrament of holy matrimony. We're going to be doing the sacrament of baptism after this service. But really, the word sacrament means Holy mystery. Sacre, the Latin for holy, and mysterion, the Greek for mystery. Sacramysterion, sacrament, holy mystery. And the sacrament of the present moment that is entered through the gate of gratitude or thanksgiving is in the fact of the holy mystery of eternal life. It is our mind that adds the film that's time. And if we're not careful, we end up living that film rather than the holy mystery that's our life. So gratitude and thanksgiving are the gates through which we enter into a new relationship with our lives. It's a life of wonder. Wonder at the mystery of life. How we came to be. How all of this came to be. We do not, you know, we don't have to know the answers to the questions, but we can wonder at what is. And then everything becomes a wonder, a marvellous thing. You know, it becomes a miracle. There's a sense of astonishment. There's wonderful lines from Khalil Gibran. And could you keep your heart at wonder at the daily miracles of your life? Your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. To enter this world of wonder that's the present moment, it's almost to go through the wardrobe and enter into your very own Narnia. It's like going through that wardrobe and entering your very own Narnia. To begin with, it feels cold and austere. However, you, as you find that it's you know, only because you're unfamiliar with it and you're just arriving at a place that was previously abandoned through lack of care and gratitude, that you begin to see the thaw that appears. And what was previously seen as boring soon begins to open up new insights and new sounds that you'd previously missed. And you know, this is what it is to be enlightened. That's what it is to be enlightened. Because now you're free to enjoy the Garden of Eden that was always there for you. 
haven't this world truly seen. And all you have to do is not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think that's so great. I mean, I was, how wonderful. You must not eat the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. In other words, don't be judgmental. The apple is the apple of judgmentalness, of deciding what's good for you and what's not. You have to stop your mind from judging. Stop the film that decides what should be and enter the world of what is. As Byron Cage would say, and then you're free. And it all starts with gratitude. And it's why this is part of that combination. Because it just becomes before the final opening into eternal life, now and forever, which we'll look at next week. But we're acknowledging with these lines, for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, our complete dependence on the divine nature. And it is the proper place for us to be, the gratitude that comes from that dependence. Our bodies and our minds have to become sounding bells. We have to become sounding bells for the universal mind. We have to open to being wrung out. That's why that passage from the Tao Te Ching that Andy read is so relevant. You know, whoever is planted in that, the Tao, that, that sense of beingness in the present, that's what it means, the Tao, the sense of beingness in the present. Whoever is planted in the Tao will not be rooted up. Whoever embraces that present moment, the Tao, will not slip away. Her name will be held in honor from generation to generation. Let the Tao be present in your life and you'll become genuine. Let it be present in your family and your family will flourish. Let it be present in your country and your country will be an example to all countries in the world. Let it be present in the universe and the universe will sing. How do I know this is true? By looking inside myself. By realizing that nature. Our role is to be sung by the universe. To be struck like a singing bowl. Or as Thomas Merton puts it, God utters me like a word containing a partial thought of himself. A word will never be able to comprehend the voice that utters it. But if I'm true to the concept that God utters in me, if I'm true to the thought of him that I was meant to embody, I shall be full of his actuality and find him everywhere in myself and find myself nowhere. I shall be lost in him. That is, I shall find myself. I shall be saved. And those lines at the end of the Lord's Prayer are our final giving up before entering into the eternal life of now and forever, the last line. It's an acknowledgement that all things come from the divine nature, including us, and that we are an expression of that too. That our body is there to be wrung by the universal mind, to call those all around us to be a, become a part of a chorus ringing the same tune. Let it be present in the universe and the universe will sing. How do I know this is true? By looking inside myself. Let's pray. So we do pray we may be open to being present to the world, to the troubles and anguish in the world, to all of those suffering from the effects of climate change at the moment, 
to all of those who are suffering in war zones, to all of those who are homeless and hungry. May we be present to those sufferings. May we be appropriately responding to those sufferings. All those who are in prison, who are subject to unjust regimes, thinking of those in hospital who are ill, who are struggling in mind or body, we pray we may be appropriate to them, to be present to them. And we do think of those in our own community. It's lovely to say that Jeannie Waller, who was suffering from cancer, has said that she doesn't want to be on this list anymore. She's much better, and that's lovely to hear that from Jeannie. We pray for Rita Hunter, suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease, for Heather Morrow, slowly recovering from her brain injury, for Pat Smith, Haley Dart, Patricia Overton, recovering from foot surgery, for Heather Vesey and the family of Joy Lancaster, who died recently, for Connie Marino-Weber and her family on the death of her husband, John, and for the family of Jean Austin, mother of Amy Marin, who died last week. Just pray that Holy Spirit is through us and into those people. Amen. It's it so difficult going from all of that to, to give me some money, which is always very odd, but never mind. Anyway, so we're going to have the first of two collections now. And um, I'm just warning uh, Bob that there are two collections today, so he's probably raised First of two collections. And uh, this collection is for the chapel. Uh, we ask if you want to give generously, you've got to, uh, please feel free online if you'd like to do that. Um, we'll have the collection for Asper Noise later on in the service, but for the meantime, I'm going to, Asper Noise is going to come and sing a song, as I said last week, especially designed to encourage you to open your wallets. And, um, and thank you very much in advance for giving generously. Death.